This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 634, brought to you by Harry's. To get your trial shave set, go to harrys.com slash iFanboy right now. That's harrys.com slash iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. I'm in love with the world through the eyes of a girl who's still around the morning after. We broke up a month ago and I grew up. I didn't know I'd be around the morning after Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 634. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. This is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hello. And we are iFanboy, and we talk about comics, the comics we read. One of us picks their favorite book, call it the pick of the week. We talk about that book, we talk about other books of the week. The patron pick, if we have some time, listener mail, because we've been going long lately, there's been less listener mail, we apologize. We can't shut up. Also, there's a lot of books. Yeah, there's a lot of books. It's a, that's really what's happening here. The thing, thing is, as we add more segments, like the patron power segment, the show gets longer. Uh-huh. Which we've that's accounted for, but there's got, yeah. there's, there's got to be a limit, people. The point is, despite the tone of voice we just used, it'll be fun. It's a fun show. We have a good time doing it. Hopefully you have a good time listening to it. But it's honestly the highlight of our week. You know that so, feeling like behind your eyes that is just going, why aren't you sleeping right now? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? It's I, like I, that's, I felt that, yes. I have that right behind my eyes all the time. <laughs> and then we, we happen to record this at a time when there's a lot going on sometimes. And the thing is, like, that's the opposite of have a good time all the time. Well, it might be that that's a faulty theory, keyboardist <laughs> from Spinal Tap. <laughs> Vivian Savage. <laughs> I mean, that works for him. Great. But look at all the drummers who went down in the, in the process. That's true. They didn't have a good time. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be spoilers. Exercise some caution. This week, Josh, you had the, 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 the luxury, the honor of the pick of the week. Ed Begley looked like he was having a good time. Stubby K? I think so. I mean, <laughs> I, I think Ed Begley had a great time. He's, he's still having a great time. Yeah, it's true. The Avengers number two is the pick of the week this week. And I don't want to take away from the book, but I will tell you this was a bit of a war of attrition. This There was not well, a... There was not a, a standout like, oh, this is totally the pick of the week this week. So then I had to sort of take the hard look. Mm-hmm. At what it was that made me, I don't know, gave me what I wanted, gave me something I'm not getting elsewhere. That's been a big part of it for me lately, I've noticed, is that I don't want the same thing over and over again. But the same thing, it's given me something I'm looking for. And when I looked at all the books that I read this week, um, the the only book really left standing there that had no real caveats about it was Avengers number two, which I believe... um, Solved many of the issues that we had with Avengers number one, whereas we're just getting on with it. Well, Avengers number one felt like a prelude issue, even though yeah. Avengers number one had its own prelude issue on Free Comic Book Day. Yes. It was like double double prelude to get to this point, which I I agree with you that this was much more what I was looking for out of the series in issue one. And and I got over my initially I had to sort of recalibrate for an Ed McGinnis. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we're doing a different – it's a different thing than I'm I'm used to seeing a lot of times, and, and I wasn't sure if it was a step back. By this point, I'm good. I'm good with Ed McGinnis here. Um, I noticed I've – I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, <laughs> Ed McGinnis works with an inker, 
And I'm yeah. realizing how rare that is now. It's so, super rare, especially when when you're you're like us and you put together this script every yeah. week with where we list the creative team, so we don't have to look around like idiots trying to find names like we used to. Yeah. Uh, just how rare it is you you put an anchor on the list. It's very rare. Yeah, and and it tends to be guys who came up in the '90s. Yeah, um, or guys now. This is this has nothing to do with the book, but I have been thinking about it, and it's really interesting. And I think that there's two things happen. I think it's an economic change, largely. Um, one, budgets are what they are, and if you have to pay an anchor, that's more people, and so the the publisher. Well, on the other hand, they can charge more for inking. And well, that's the other side of it, though. So, like, the publisher wants to spend less money, and the artist needs to make more money to get by. As deadlines and pages and whatever the books are coming out, the more they can do, and the more they can make. You know, artists that came up in the last ten years or so sort of said, "We're not." There's there's not a lot of guys who's like, "I'm just gonna be a penciler." And so I'm sure there's some part of artistic control over that, but then there's another part of you know you're 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 going to make more for it. Um, also, I think people who are doing strictly digital, you know, yeah, um, you can you can ink right on the on the breakdowns. Yeah, but it's still a time you know it's still a, a time thing. Um, so there, there's it takes more time to do it theoretically. Depending, I mean, everybody's process is a little different. Um, but no, but you're right. It's rare. It's rare. That there's, I think last week we had a couple and it was weird. Yeah. And that's a big change. Uh, I think in the lifetime of us doing the show, like it, it used to be the book would be penciler, ink, this week, yeah. sometimes this it'd week be I, a, a breakdown artist, a tight penciler, and then an inker. I think there's two books with inkers on our list this week. Yeah. And both of the Which artists is, are from different eras. Right. Very interesting. Anyway. Anyway, so like I said, we got we won. Mark, we should mention those inkers. We Mark Morales, and Jay uh, Leistein. Uh, if you're on Instagram, follow Mark Morales. He he posts really great videos of him inking uh, work. I, I, I you know what I should caveat this. I really like inkers yeah. a lot. I think that we are missing a thing, and I think that they they do something because they can take time with it. That that somebody is doing the whole book on their own. Not everything doesn't fit for, but I remember. Uh, I've seen, you know, you see inkers do work and it's almost the coolest part of it because doing it in pencils is, is kind of interesting to watch it come together, but watching the inker put in that sort of that finishing smooth line comes really, to life. Eh? Yeah. I really yeah. like that part. And I, I always remember whenever I, we don't think of J, Jimmy Palmiotti as this anymore, but in my mind, he was an inker first and he was a great inker. He had just a, a wonderful line or when, whenever I see, um, uh, Klaus Jansen's name on something or, mm -hmm. um, the other one who's awesome who is uh, from the 80s, Sienkiewicz. Like, whenever yeah. Sienkiewicz inks anything, I don't even need him to draw. I just wanted to ink it. Um, I'm always very happy. So, moving along. Uh, the Avengers number two. I thought this was really fun. I like the size of it. I like the throwback uh, to the original Avengers formation with the villain. Um, yes. Loki. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease something here. Um, yeah. There's gonna. I'm gonna pick up some of this conversation uh, when we talk about um, our book of our books below book. Okay. Uh, the Avengers um, breakout is the beginning. New, of, new Avengers. New Avengers, right, right. Um, beginning of Bendis's run with, with David Finch. Um, I noticed some things because I was reading that concurrently with reading this. Um, so that's a teaser for those of you to get to that book explode. But let's talk about this putting the team together and what we think of the team. And I will start by saying I like this team. <laughs> I mean, you've well, got, it's, fun. it's fun. So, yeah, read, read the names of the team. Yeah, you've got you've got Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. You've got the big hitters, the Grant Morrison approach to it. Uh, moving down a tier, you have um, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther. And then your wild cards are New Ghost Rider. You've always got to have one wild card that's sort of like a character you know, but is a different version of them to see how they fit in. This is your Grant Morrison, Wally West uh, 
uh, character. And then, more Kyle Rayner. This is Kyle Rayner. Yep, that too. Uh, and um, uh, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk. Again, something familiar, but but a little different. Now, now She-Hulk's been around for forty plus. But she's years. a more she's a more savage Hulk esque. Yeah, so there's a different thing going on. Um, it's funny when she's not um, the Hulk form. I keep thinking it's Jessica Drew because that's how they drew her. For well, because in the past when we were kids, she yeah. was always She-Hulk. Yeah, and and it, never it's really went thing. back to human form. So yeah. in my head, I have the same problem. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fun team. You you want a young new character in the team as the eyes of the audience mm-hmm. as the audience surrogate so that's what ghost Rider is here even though he's been around a little bit he's not as quite as well yeah. established not many Don't, people read that but. i'm not su- i'm not really complaining I, I just want to caveat that I, it is i mean obviously other than she hulk and and a little bit ghost Rider, these are all marvel cinematic universe characters sure but however yeah. which is okay on the other hand i feel like there's a lot of good characters out there that we're like we're never going to see anymore because they're not in the movies. You know, the Avengers Let's, used to have a lot of B and C level characters, and they were great, like Black Knight and people like you know like that. Gilgamesh. But they're just not in the movies, so they're not right. They're not going to be the focus. It's it's happening in all all comics right now as these companies become more synergistic with their film side. It's just a bummer. And this is a great team. I like it. It just I just had the thought as they were coming together that you know. The days of of Wonder Man and Doctor Druid, uh, you know, is maybe might be gone just because uh, they're not in the movies, so they're not in the books. But anyway, again, this, look for that book explode because <laughs> okay. there's a really salient point about that that I'm not making now, and it's very difficult. Okay, so anyway, it is a fun team. I like the Ghost Rider is a fun uh, spice to it. Out of control, Jennifer Walters is a fun little mm-hmm. spice to it. We didn't really get much Doctor Strange here. No. Um, but he's been around forever in the, in the Avengers since Bendis' run. It is, it is a good lineup, a classic and and new people. And someone asked me uh, what the deal was with Thor's hammer, and I didn't know. Why is it gold? Um, It's not the original. Not I don't, Mjolnir. I, yeah, it's not Mjolnir. It's something else. And I, I honestly don't remember exactly what it was because I, I, I saw it basically – I read that around the same time that I saw Infinity War, and now I'm getting them mixed up with each other. Well, it's not Stormbreaker. It's a, that's that's I, an axe. It's not, but I know. But they forged a hammer there. I feel like there's a little. I feel like this hammer has a little chunk of Mjolnir in it mm. that was left over um, from when uh, Jane Foster Thor threw um, Mangog and the hammer into the sun. Okay. And so this was what was left of it, I think, or something like that. So this is this like tiny bit that Thor wielded into this hammer, but I don't remember exactly. It's not. I mean, there's not a lot story wise to talk about. Last in the last issue, no. All those celestials is that what they are here? Because because as we talked about, this is the exact same storyline that's happening over. Ultra celestials. They fell to the Earth. Omega. No problems. It's Omega something in the Justice League book, and these are something. Something other. I mean, the thing is, you're right though. There's not like a lot. It really is like here are a lot of things. Ed McGinnis, you draw this, and we're just gonna look at it. And that Lots was to- totally okay with me for this. Um, I liked that we've got a reversion for Loki here. We're just like this is Loki. This is classic comic book Loki. He's Although bring- sounding very much like Tom Hiddleston. Again, not a complaint. Yeah, no, it's-, it's just. But also like that's now the voice that everybody hears, so it's probably yeah. hard not to write that. Um, which 
which I'm cool with. And I knew like right away, I was like, oh, this is low, like early on because it's uh, green text on white. Like I was yeah. like, oh, that's Loki. That's that's clearly the thing that's happening. And that, if you don't know, Avengers number f- uh, four. One. One. You're right. Avengers Sorry. number one. Four is Captain America. I yeah. started to say it and I was like, that doesn't make sense because I was thinking of um, like Iron Man doesn't show up in number one. He shows up in 186 and 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 Thor doesn't show up in number one of Journey into Mystery. It's number like 84 or right. whatever. So uh, anyway, yeah, Loki's the original villain who brought them together. Um, and here he is doing that. So there's always sort of that throwback legacy element that's still part of this. And, you know, there's going to be a twist or whatever and all the tough guys are taken out. I think there's a little bit of it's introductory, so I know why they're doing it. But there's a lot of like the Ghost Rider being like, "I don't like this. I don't know why I'm here." His thing, and and um, I get it. So I'm like, "That's enough. Turn that down. I understand what's going on." Well, they, they still aren't actually together yet. They're still all yeah, it's true. they're all separately fighting these the celestial problem. They haven't actually come together as a team. The only people who are at this point considering themselves Avengers are Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. They mm-hmm. they're they're like let's reform the Avengers. The rest of them. A Ghost Rider ran into She-Hulk. Doctor Strange is with Black Panther because they were doing something else. And Captain Marvel just ran into Iron Man in this issue. So they haven't really come together and say, hey, we're a team. It's more like we're watching these pieces slowly come together um, to form the Avengers. They were just, yeah, there was just a lot of panels that I liked seeing. Like, I really liked the scale um, that that uh, McGinnis is getting to do. There's a there's a shot of um, of Captain Marvel, like, sort of right over the... The Eternals, the Celestia, see, I can't do it. His his shoulder, you know, and as it reaches down into the into the East River, yeah. Um, and I think that looks so cool. You know, the the Ghost Rider's car, which I'm undecided about. Um, <laughs> you know, like it looks cool, like it's driving yeah. at us. Is all this energy and fury? Um, there's a shot of uh, when when she Hulk she hulks out um, and she bursts her shoe open. I was like, that's, that's great. That's sort of classic, really fun stuff. There was a lot of that in here. So it sort of made me happy in that same way that like, you know, the, the Morrison um, Howard Porter justice league did it, which is like, just make this stuff be what it is. Go, go back to basics, but do it in a modern way. I mean, we haven't really seen McGinnis much since red Hulk, red Hulk. So anyway, yeah. um, He's one of those classic superhero artists who, if you have a script full of lots of punching, mm-hmm. he he makes it look awesome. And it's you know it's like it's smoothed out. Like it's it's a lot of the really good things from the nineties are mm-hmm. in this. Um, and it you know it, it needs to be in the right place. I remember when you put Ramita on Avengers, it was like this is too much. It didn't work for me. Well, because it was Bendis for Avengers. Yeah, Avengers. I think true. If you're, different, if you're in a different, if he does, he could draw this script just fine. Probably, probably. I'll give you that. Um, but I also think like it's just it's good choices by um, by Aaron about like just give give the guy what works for him and let him do it. And I'm sure the plot and the character and all that stuff will be there, but he's letting it breathe. Now, to a lot of readers, I don't know if that feels like there's not enough there or it goes by really fast, but um, it works for me very much yeah. so. It's the feeling I wanted when I read the first issue. Yes. So I'm, I'm now very excited about the book. Yeah, it's like a like a promise, a promise kept. So our old friend Garth Ennis seems to have found a home in Aftershock. He's been doing Jimmy's Bastards there, which wraps he's like, up next. He's like a friend who you know who's like homeless, but he always manages to stay with somebody. He's a, he's just a what was what was the phrase we had at Comic Con twenty first century hobo? Like yeah. he's always got a couch to fall on. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he has Jimmy's Bastards, which is his piss taking of James Bond at Aftershock, which is wrapping up with one more issue. And now we've got a new series this week, a walk through hell, number one, 
with art by Goran Suzuka, who was the alternate artist on Why the Last Man, and who is also very terrific. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't know this was coming. This was a nice little surprise. And um, I, I liked it, but I imagine that some people will not like it. I... Okay. If this didn't have Garth Ennis's name on it, I would mm-hmm. probably have a different opinion. Okay. I have expectations about that. But also, because it has Garth Ennis's name on it, I have a different opinion. Okay. If you were to give me this and not tell me who it was, I would have told you in a million years this was Garth Ennis. Really? Because I thought it had a very preacher vibe to it, and I don't mean I don't mean quality wise. I mean there's there's some themes here that are very similar. Themes maybe, but a lot of the I don't know the way that these conversations went. The sort of overall, right up until the last couple of pages when we get it's like if you didn't tell me this was a, this is a horror book, I guess, um, which is not a thing that I typically look for. But right up until the last couple of pages, you wouldn't know that. It was a really sort of subtle introduction to what that is. So that's that's one thing. Um, Two, there's a lot of sort of um, uh, current events kind of stuff. There's basically like there's social media stuff in here. And there's a lot of like they talk about the president specifically. They talk about guns. They do that. There's very – which is very – I don't tend to think of him as part of that conversation because he's not on social media. He's not anything, but clearly he's seeing it and paying attention to it. And he's making a comment on it. And a little part of me was like, I don't know that I want him to come in on that because I actually come to you because you don't have that in your stuff. Um, now, it doesn't say it isn't relevant. It doesn't say that his you know writing voice shouldn't include it, but it didn't feel like Arthenis to me in that sense. Um, I also don't know these characters very well yet. So yeah. he comes out in that kind of thing later. So... We open on a we open on a mass shooting in a mall. Pretty shocking opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, very Garth Ennis, but also I imagine very tough for a lot of people, a lot of readers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we meet two FBI agents. One of them, who's cl- the female officer, is very clearly uh, agent is very clearly troubled. She's having bad dreams. The other agent is younger and more uh, by the book. And they are no longer doing major cases. They're sort of on boring stuff. But then they get assigned a warehouse case some other agents went into this warehouse to investigate a crime they went missing and uh so they go they go sent to go find out what's going on and then that's where things sort of get supernaturally where the the cops won't go in because there's a they feel bad when they go in i i i I will say like i don't like supernatural horror stuff all that much i thought that this was a really interesting up until what we've seen so far was super interesting concept and i really like the way that it was presented yeah, it's very subtle. And then I see. And I if you look at the cover after yeah. the fact, like it's like, oh yeah, that's totally it. It's really interesting. See, I think. I mean, look. I mean, Garthens did preacher, so it's not like he's a he's a he is a unknown to supernatural elements. I mean, that, sure, no, sorry, book is supernatural. Uh, so this felt to me very much like that. Like there's there's a yeah, okay, I see there is that an now. evil force in the. <laughs> Warehouse. We don't know what it is, but to me, the scene with a SWAT team who had previously gone in to find the agents all shoot each other in the back of their truck was a very Garth, very preachery yes. scene to me. Yeah, I can see that. It's you know what? I think I was more talking about the actual individual voice, like the way that the there was a there was a um there was a narration in the beginning, and I've never seen mm-hmm. Garth Ennis do that. That was a thing for me. That was like, oh, that's that's very strange. Um, I re- I really like basically the, the conceit here is that um, I guess this is a spoiler, but Connor already spoiled the thing that would anyway. Um, the they get there and the SWAT team went in and thirty seconds later they came out because they said they had a bad feeling and everyone's like that's really weird. 
<laughs> yeah. I, All these just, tough, as, tough as nails guys just I, went in and out. I really liked the mundanity, mundaneness mm-hmm. of that action. And then and then when we cut to see them inside the police truck, how they're talking to each other, still yeah. doesn't seem like such a big deal. Like it's like it seems like they're just talking about a normal thing. They're obviously creeped out and freaked out a little bit. But it's, but it's, it's a little bit of brilliant writing where yeah. they're basically saying we have to get out of here. And yeah. we have to go. And, and they like, all oh. understand it together, not arguing with each other. But you think they want to bail. No, the, the, what they're talking about is they have to die. Right. They have to get out of here being the life. And yeah. uh, as that unfolded, I thought it was a very well, – when you turn that page either physically or digitally and suddenly they're all pointing guns at each other's heads, I was like, oh, shit. And then there's a great silent panel mm-hmm. where the back – all goes white around the characters. And then I, mean, I thought that that page I thought was, was a really brilliantly done page. Yeah, uh, it was. I like, this a, I like this a lot. I didn't – Yep. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. And I, I'm great with it with you. Yeah. Um, but if it art, wasn't Garth Ennis on the front, I don't know that I would have given I would have given it that much thought. Because well, you 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 have he sure. has rope from you. Yeah. At it's, least, and yeah. not everything he writes, you know, is for us. Right. Totally. That's absolutely the case. Um, and also, you know, a lot of times when he does his his I don't know creator own, but he does his stuff at other publishers. You know, they don't often have the cash to pay. Um, good artists, top yeah. flight artists, and you know Goran Suzaka has the goods. So yeah, he's got that, and he's got Russ Braun on Jimmy's Bastards. He's got really two really good artists on his aftershock books, and he's worked with Russ Braun a lot too. So that's, yeah. there's that. Captain America seven hundred two, which I liked more than the last issue. I was I was gonna say because you you had an issue with it, but at the end of it, I was like, say what you will, Captain America. No, I think this is a really fun sci fi story. Yeah, for sure. And it, we continue here with with the guest artists doing flashback stories. Whereas last time we had Adam Hughes and we had a very stealthy, was it J.G. Jones? Yeah. This time we had Rod Apparently. Rice and, I still and don't uh, it. Howard Chaikin. And we have Leonardo Romero doing a very uh, convincing uh, impression of Chris Somney. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I love the style, clearly. Yeah. Um, I just was like, wow, he's really I, – he's if- really – Queuing close to Somni here. Now, if I'm Somni, I'm not very happy about that. <laughs> I re- and 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 honestly, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what this guy draws like most of the time. But it's it's really it's it's almost like it's like uh, you know Grim Moff Tarkin in in Rogue One. Like, oh, I don't. I don't know about. <laughs> I don't this. like that at all. <laughs> well, you know, like do you know Mike Mike uh, is it Michael Walsh? Yeah, like he when he first came on the scene, he. Seemed a lot like Somni, but he's definitely differentiated himself. That I don't think that they, I can see the similarities, but I don't think that they're the same person. Right. I feel like, I feel like this is really close and it's weird. Well, I'm Googling Leonardo Romero, his art, and he, that's his style. He's, yeah. He's not, he's not doing this for the book. Well, you know, then they just pick. So it's clearly a school, mm-hmm. you know, it's like those, it's like, Five years ago, or or somewhere around there, there was a lot of guys drawing like McKelvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And now, and now there's guys drawing like Somni. So, yeah. just I think he should take it as a compliment. But I'm not him, so I'm not going to tell him how to feel. Yeah, but following him, like to see it on another book, but following him on the next issue, after I get it. He sort of left the company. is is interesting, but who knows? Um, He's good though. He is. He is. It's and it's a great world building, both from a visual standpoint and a storytelling standpoint. Like sometimes I get kind of amazed at the depths to which uh, Mark Wade has within him to keep Mm -hmm. making up new new stories. And it's been three decades. It's a that's amazing. 
So as we talked about last time, this is a future story in which one of Steve Rogers' descendants is the official historian of the U.S. government because now his history has been placed as an elevated position. Uh, but his son is sick, and there's a whole bunch of there's a whole kerfuffle about of that. I, I honestly forgot a lot of the details, but sure. Um, here we get a flashback from Rod Rice in which an, an injured Captain America is being saved by Sharon and a bunch of French resistance fighters, which I liked a lot. And where Sharon has to use the shield to block gunfire to keep, keep him alive. And then we had a brief Howard Chaikin flashback to yeah, we did. To, uh, That's good, Chaikin. Red, Red Skull and Steve Rogers fighting, I guess, inside the Cosmic Cube. Cosmic Cube stuff is always sort of mind bending. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the the implication is that Steve is trapped in the Cosmic Cube, and he, they just need to free him. And the old crazy historian in the Historians Club, which I love, Historians Club. That that the the whole scene with him was great. It tells tells Steve's descendant that oh, you just need to find him. He's out there, and he shows him a drawing of the shield. And so, through a, a bunch of events, he finds the cosmic cube, and he he smashes it open to reveal not Steve, but Red Skull. Yeah. And uh, I thought this was this was terrific. Yeah, it was. Re- it's it's a really fun sci-fi story that is sort of Captain America adjacent. I mean, it's like oh. We just need to kill time till the next reboot. Just, just whatever, what, whatever you got, Mark. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're running what towards. Like whatever you feel like doing. Yeah, and we're running towards Captain America, like the real Captain America. We're not trying to get away from a weird Captain America, if that makes sense. Just, yeah, no, this feels right in line. Mm-hmm. This is on brand for Cap. That shield's broken, by the way. It's yeah, cracking it. It's always broken. Yeah, I'd rather him have the cracked shield in the movie than the little black shields he had. I don't want to drink Get this man a shield. That's what he said. He didn't say, get this man two little tiny drink trays. They they promised something in the trailers that did not deliver. You're not, like, it was a big moment because, oh, good, he's going to get a shield. What? That's like, that's like when you go to a restaurant and you're like, oh, we're going to have dinner. It's going to be great. And then fucking top us. Oh, so I went, to, I went to a work dinner the other night, and it was like this great restaurant that I go to a lot, and I was so excited because work was going to pay for it, you know, so you can, yeah. and, and <laughs> let's, let's do shared plates. No. Oh, the worst. I ended up having one bite of pasta, one bite of salmon, and I got that's home, not, and I was starving. It's not a meal. No. Let's do shared plates. You know what uh, motion I'm making with my hand right now, don't you? <laughs> I made up for it with a lot of wine, and that was a mistake because I hadn't had food. Yes. All right, so let's talk about Superman special number one. This is the companion piece to Action Comics special number one, which we had a couple weeks ago. This, as we have learned since, is basically, sorry, guys, that we hijacked your books by when Bendis came over so you can finish up what you were going to do here, here. Sorry, everyone. There's a new guy coming, and we like him more. So last time, who was it last time? I don't know. It was uh, whoever. It was, oh, it was Dan Jurgens. Jurgens, the Jergens Action Comics one. One more story sort of wrapping things up. Here we get Patrick Gleason and Tomasi. Wrapping things up with the return to Dinosaur Island, which I loved that story originally, so I was very happy to read another chapter yeah. of, of this where, if you recall, it was sort of a tribute to Darwin Cook and New Frontier, they, where Clark and Jonathan went through some portal, ended up on Dinosaur Island, basically from New Frontier, where the losers were, and they had an adventure. Well, here they go back to rescue the guy who was left alive, and they bring him to the future. And I always like those stories where old soldiers come to the future and see what the world's like, and... Um, get robotic legs and things like that. It was just, it was a fun little story. 
It was. I, yeah, I mean, it, it totally was. I, Scott Kudlewski is great. I can't, he did something. It must have been one of these. We talked about him a couple of months ago or something like that. And when I saw his name this time, I was like, I don't remember why, but I know I liked that person. And uh, he delivered, you know, monsters, dinosaurs, uh, huge snakes, gorillas, you know, big. the pages are, are great on on this whole that whole sequence basically yeah. and then even in the the stuff in our world you know when the the soldier you know sort of is at the hotel the quiet stuff is really good great storytelling yeah and uh listen sometimes i want the tropes give me the tropes mm-hmm. go back for the dog tags can't sleep in the bed sleep in the truck bed like mm-hmm. i want it and it, it hit the basic emotional you know things now do we have to talk about the other stories well, this Mark Russell story was better than the last Mark Russell story I read. I didn't like this one. I like this one less than the other one. Okay. Um, apparently, apparently someone's <laughs> holding Brian Hitch hostage. The thing is, look, I we, we like Brian. We like Mark Russell a lot. Obviously, we talked about Flintstones as our book of the year, and we like we we've come around on Snagglepuss. But I just I feel like something is off here. Well, I think that what's happening is, and this is one hundred percent speculation. I think that the realization is, oh, if I want to do this, I have to be able to do the regular things. Yeah. And so he's getting an opportunity to do that. And I'm not going to say he's failing at it, but I do think that he's learning it. And because I don't think it's a natural fit for his his style. Um, no, for sure. And, and we I, saw I, this I, happen with Jeff Lemire, though. But the thing is, like, if there's a, if there's a character who is 180 degrees diametrically opposed to Mark Russell's style, it's Superman. Maybe. I'm, I'm, you know, he, Superman is sort of a white bread do-gooder with his hands on his hips, and that's what he needs to be to be, be successful. And Mark Russell is cynical, in in the best possible way. Well, I think there's a way to make that work, and I think that I he's got so much skill and so much talent. I think he can get there, but we're watching him work it out. Yep. I think. I'm mean, that's now, that's a, that's my positive take on it. No, I didn't really. I, I didn't get into it. The third the third story, but I really liked looking at it. The, the, the Care Andrews art. Yeah. Care yeah. Andrews. I didn't get it at all from it. Yeah, it was a story about Atomic Robo. Atomic, not Robo. That's that's Dark Horse, right? Um, Atomic Knight. What is this? Atomic Skullhead. He's a villain now working for the the Metropolis Police, so he helps Superman out on a case. And uh, it just, it looked really awesome. Yeah. There's a really great page where Superman punches the bad guy and it's all pow inside the, inside the, uh, Inside the word balloon, it's just it's they're just great stuff here. That first page is great, where he's ha- the skull guy's having his coffee and he's scratching his butt, <laughs> and he has bunny slippers on. That's that shouldn't work, but it was done really well. I've been trying desperately, dear listeners, to find uh, slippers like that for that'll fit adult feet. And if you have a, a source, let me know. Bunny slippers. Any kind of huh? any kind of funny funny animal feet slippers. Fuzzy. Uh-huh. I find that when I see them in in retail outlets, like they're massive. Like they're they're silly, not 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 tenable. They're not they're not they're too silly. Basically, my sister used to have really great fuzzy tiger slippers, and I stole them. Not physically, I just started wearing them, and my feet my feet hung out the back, but I loved them so much. I would. I was going to say you're much larger than your sister. Yeah. So I, I appropriated them. I see. Nope. Such is the way of siblings. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read this next one. Uh, I didn't expect this one. It almost feels like I, I saw the cover of the Mighty Thor at the Gates of Valhalla. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I thought it was like a reprint story or maybe even a trade or something. Um, but it's written by Jason Aaron. Um, it's two stories in it with art by Jen Bartel. 
and Ramon Perez, um, mm-hmm. which which uh, pulled me in. All right, and colored by Matthew Wilson, so there's been sort of he's been on Thor um, mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, basically, the two stories are: you remember the granddaughters of Thor from the beginning of the Jason Aaron? Yes, the ones uh, from the Old Man Thor storyline. They do some time traveling in this. Um, and they 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 go around. They're trying to they're trying to find somebody, and we're not entirely clear who it is. Um, and they go back and they find young Thor, like the one from the Norse era, and he's he can't lift the hammer up, and um, they, they leave him there. And then they find they very quickly they find the once in future Thor from the 26th century. You remember that uh-huh. one? In my first uh, comic book. Maybe. Um, it's, he's got like a leather outfit on and like his, his helmet has a hole and his long hair sticks through it. And that was the first image of Thor that I saw. And I, I, I sought out that, um, that back issue. So I had a little like moment of, oh, right, that is 86 or so, something like that. Um, there was really literally only one panel as we go through. There's sort of three Thor iterations that we see um, as they're trying to find the right place to go. And then they get into the future and they see, you know, old Thor. He's fighting something and they want to help him, but they can't. Um, cause they're, you know, time travel rules and stuff like that. And finally they, they end up, um, with Jane Foster and that, and they're like, she was the one that we were going to see and she's, you know, not for, she's going to get her cancer treatment or whatever. And they just have a nice moment with her. I don't know that it was necessary as a capper since we kind of ended her story in this part. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about it versus the way it ended in the previous issue? I mean, she didn't die. They brought her back. And so like the daughters just went to visit her and it sort of gave her a validation. It was a little nice because there was... Jane Foster's story as Thor ended through everybody else. We didn't really, like, it was all everybody else's feeling about her, whether it was Odin saying, I'm okay with it, and Thor saying, I'm okay with it, but it didn't really, it wasn't really Jane Foster uh, accepting it and having having a bit, to, it wasn't about, even though it was about her, it wasn't her story, and so this was a way to sort of do that. Um, then this, the, the second part um, by Ramon Perez is basically following um, Malekith around because we forget there's still this giant war going on that has been going on since forever um, in right. all the nine realms. Um, as you see him, he's you know he's just it's watching him go around and be evil and 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 the idea that that's still going on and that's the next thing that they're all going to have to deal with. Um, now, how Thor is going to deal with that while being in Avengers and doing in his own book and Jason Aaron is writing both of them, not my problem. Uh, but it was just like it, it was like a fun little light thing. Um, and if you've liked, you know, Jason Aaron writing it, this is part of that story. It is a a go between. It's sort of the end of the last thing and the beginning of the next thing. This is what Avengers one would be. And if this said right. this was the first issue of the next thing, we'd be like, what the success? But it wasn't. Um, it was fun. I liked it. Cool. All right. Cool. Now, last week, man, you put me on the spot. You said, what is it? What is it, Josh, that you like most about Harry's? And this was not a hard answer for me to come up with, but I have to ask you now, uh, and you can't repeat yep. yourself. What is it you like best about Harry's, Connor? Well, I just answered that question last week. Well, One week ago, right now, we answered this. Uh, you have to ask a new question. I do. I, I, I will ask. I will answer. I will answer it anyway, even though you're a jerk. Is it's that uh, the the subscription model means like clockwork? I never run out of material. You are so, a subscriber. Yes, I'm really? a subscriber. So, for instance, I uh, put my, as I said before in previous shows, every Saturday I change my blade. And uh, I put my last blade on this Saturday. I was like, oh, geez, I got a bunch of trips coming up. I, get, I hope the new box comes in time. And boom, it came uh, two days ago, right on time. So I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about being out of blades. I don't have to worry about being out of creams. It just shows up in my in my uh in my mailbox just like that i don't even worry about it that's a really good answer you're a pro you know that thank you it was, it was really good 
See, I don't shave with a regularity, so I don't really know when I'm going to run out. But I know that if I buy like eight of them, I'm good for a long time. Right. Um, so that's going to be we, – we like these things. That's why we're doing it. One of the things is that Harry stands behind the quality of their blades. You know that just by switching razors – we, uh, we know that switching razors is an easy decision. I know that when I was like, oh, I got to get away from – I'm not allowed to say it. We're not supposed to. That other company who makes all the razors – when I, when I was moving away from them, I thought, is this the thing I want to do? But it was years ago, way before they responded to the show, and I've been totally down with it ever since. Um, it, it'll be worth their standing behind their stuff. Uh, there's this trial offer. You can claim yours by going to harrys.com slash ifanboy. And when you do that, what you're going to find out is that these are great razor blades. Harry's were – they didn't like paying for expensive razors and all the unnecessary features, many strips, many extra blades. It was, it was just starting to get silly. Um, so yeah. they started their own company. They bought a factory in Germany. And uh, there was a word that I found last week, but I've forgotten it. But it was a good word. Uh, Carford Nugan. It was, nope, that's the joy of driving. That's a different <laughs> right. thing. Um, right. They bought this factory and they've, uh, they've been built, making blades there for That one came years. from somewhere deep, deep in my, in my brain. I don't know yeah. where they – I haven't said that Probably 20 years. That was a classic run of great ads from Volkswagen. Um, by selling directly you over the internet, um, uh, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand, just $2 for every blade compared to four. I've also seen them in retail outlets. I've definitely seen them in Targets in multiple places. Um, uh, if you don't love your shave, of course, let Harry's know within 30 days and they're going to offer you a full refund. So how about that trial offer? Uh, it's a $13 uh, value of the set. comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. It has a weighted ergonomic handle. We talked about that last week. Uh, it has a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, which we're fans of, and, of course, the vaunted travel blade cover so that you don't slice your fingers open in your DOP bag. I don't know where the word DOP comes from. It's the correct word, though. Shave Blade Factory, Riser Kling Fabric. Riser Kling Fabric. Fabric. Riser Kling Fabric. I want to say that like French. Listen, there are German. I know there are German and Austrian listeners, and they are just like, uh, sorry, dudes. Gotten sorry, Himmel. Dude. Um, sorry, uh, Fräuleins and Frau. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, we're, no, those are both women. I know that that much. Hairs. <laughs> Did you say hairs? Sorry, um, everyone. Listeners of the show can go to harrys.com slash ifanboy to check out that trial set and and so make sure that you get there, redeem the offer, and let them know that we sent you and help support the show. And thank you for listening to us blather on. We totally don't get bored talking about this, and I think that's apparent to you. So (laughs) that means something. The next two books are going to be really quick. Aquaman 36 I wanted to mention because uh, the first arc of this new sort of incarnation of Aquaman was drawn by the guy from Top Cow, Steven... So, Jake, Jake, guy, okay, that guy, yep, yep, Stephen and he really, Sedgic, he he injected a whole bunch <laughs> of exciting energy and and a new visual aesthetic to it, and then he left after after that arc, and it's the story's still going on, and now it's drawn by Ricardo Federici. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different style. It's a European style. It has a different quality. It's taken me about this many issues to. Not get used to it because I always thought it was good, but to get used to it in this particular story because it is so different. But now it's it's just wonderful to look at. I mean, it's it's beautiful. I would recommend anyone look at some preview pages from Aquaman thirty six. Yeah, you were all about this. Yeah, uh, and you still are. That the story's still good. Where the the Aquaman's been deposed, he's the he's the mythical the Aquaman of the you know living in the streets, and he's leading a coup to depose the the Mad King who has taken all the magic. But the point is, and you don't Ricard, mind that as a reimagining. Yeah, it's fine. And even if it doesn't make sense with other books. Quality trumps everything. Yeah, and the fact is Ricardo Federici is a big time 
uh, artist. It's just beautiful to look at. Um, and then uh, similarly, Hunt for Wolverine, The Claws of a Killer, number one. I think there's like apparently 15 of these four-issue miniseries related to Wolverine coming back, not surprisingly. But uh, this one, drawn by Butch Guise, or Guys. Guise, who is one of those artists we were talking about in the early part of the show from the, from the old school who has an inker, he, in this case, Cam Smith. And man alive, this is a good-looking book. <laughs> you know, a lot of those guys who've been around as long as Butch has have lost a little bit on their fastball, but not, not, not him. Nice. He's, he's still got it, and there's a couple of really great panels. Unfortunately, this book is about Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike and, Lo- and Logan's dumb son of the Mohawk, and I don't like any of those characters. So I was like, I don't want to read this, but then I looked at it, and I was like, oh, well, but the art is so good, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But there's, there's at least four of these miniseries. Yeah, you're in for it, huh? I guess. <laughs> I, I was just turned off by that title, The Claws of a Killer. Oh, it's dumb. It's totally dumb. Who do you dumb. think I am? Inker oh, Cam yeah. Smith. Are there Americans named Cam, or is that just a Canadian main name? Cameron? I know. I know it's what's the, the – but it seems like every time there's a Cam, that's a Canadian. Could be. Uh, we have a Cameron in our in our company here. People call him Cam. He's American. From, Can- from Canada? No? No. Huh. no. North, no. at least Wisconsin, somewhere up there? I don't think so. He probably doesn't want this information out there. Uh, I read his address. I read Quicksilver No Surrender just because I was looking for something else to read. I was shocked to see this on the rundown. I I, I was like, I kind of like Quicksilver. Let's see what they're doing over here because it seemed like a thing that I could jump into. Um, And then I saw inside that the story was by Saladin Ahmed, um, who Mm -hmm. I like a lot, uh, or at least I had on that one series, um, and art by Eric Gwynn, um, who I think... I think I know from something, but I don't remember what. I think he did. I think he did the Wildcats Volume Three. That sounds very, very accurate. And other things since then, but that's what I think of him. And that's probably fifteen years ago, but that's what I remembered. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I feel like this is part of a. I thought I would just jump onto a thing, but I feel like whatever this No Surrender thing is is part of like a. Oh, 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 right, right, right. That I don't understand. Wow, suddenly you made everything click in my brain. So Avengers No Surrender was that weekly series that I read for no reason. Okay. And in that series, Quicksilver, to save the day, had to run super fast and sort of like the Flash ended up disappearing into the speed stuff. Oh, yeah. So he's in a different dimension or something in this one. I don't know what Marvel calls it, but that's what happened. And so No Surrender would be a a tie into the Avengers like there were some interesting ideas, but like I had a, I had a hard time anchoring to it. Like it it looked good and it was it was fine. I I don't I don't know. It didn't it didn't it didn't grab me in any way really. Um, I wanted it to. I was like you know what maybe maybe this will be the great Quicksilver story I didn't know about. But I, I but maybe if you're reading all the other thing, it will make more sense. Um, but I tried it. That's the point is I tried it. Give it a shot. Flavor. Did you read Flavor number one? No, I would have if I had noticed it. Flavor number one, Image Comics, written by our old pal Joe Keating, who's now Joseph Keating in the book, so Ooh. much more highfalutin. Maybe it's a guild thing. <laughs> uh, art by Wook Jen Clark, who is a co-creator of the book. And uh, this is, I guess, an all-ages book. But I really wanted to mention that the there's an opening double-page spread here that Wook Jen Clark just draws the fucking hell out of. It's just, it's gorgeous. It, it's just amazing. There's dynamism and detail and tons of characters uh if you, it, it's a it's a it's a cartoony style a ya style to the art um and there's a you know dog that's sort of anthropomorphic it's driving a it's the dog's the one driving the bicycle that the girl's riding in basically this is a world in which and we've, we've seen this trend happening 
in comics. This is the world in which chefs are the hot hotness. Oh, they're the, they're the celebrities. They're the they're the, the 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 most important people in the society. And you have to be you have to be licensed. You can't open a restaurant unless you're a licensed registered chef. And it's sort of medieval, also sort of modern. There's swords. The 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 cops have swords instead of guns and. People sort of dress sort of medievally, but sort of modern. Um, it's fun. I just was really thing. impressed. I was really impressed by the art. Uh, not not all the way through. I think there were some problems at points. I, clear, I mean, I don't know what uh, Jen Clark's uh, history is, but um, pretty close to being, you know, a terrific YA type artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm curious enough. I like. You know, Joe Joe's a really good writer. I just haven't read a bunch of his books because if he did a wrestling one, I'm not really, really interested in that. And I fell off that Shutter one. But, you know, I like food. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? And this one has a culinary consultant in the creative team, which Joe claims in the back matter is the first book ever to have a culinary consultant. I thought Starve did. but Well, I mean, Bourdain does books and he is his <laughs> own. Anyway. I'm gonna. I just want to quickly touch on the Wildstorm number thirteen. This, this is, so this is the beginning of sort of the second half. I guess it's according to the cover, it's going to twenty four issues, and it's been a little bit. I think since we've had one, um, I just read it and I thought, man, Warren Ellis is still really, really good, mostly at being Warren Ellis. But you know, this is one of those things where he's reimagining something. Hey, listen, uh, which, when you go out and tours, sometimes you get to a point you just play the hits. Sure. Uh, but it, but his hits are pretty good. It's like yeah. if you give if you give Alan Moore just do some superheroes, they would be amazing. He doesn't want to For do sure. it all the time. But no. Warren Ellis has been like whatever. That's fine. Doesn't want to, nor does he need to. And um, so he won't. So we've you know this is basically it's a reimagining of the Wildstorm universe um, that we've been going through and keeping that in mind. Like it's real good. I know that you were lukewarm on the artist uh, at the beginning. I really like John Davison. I think he's perfect for this. I think the storytelling is there, and it certainly has the right tone for the story that's going on. Um, and we've got, I, ended up, I ended up dropping off this. Yeah, no, I, I figured. But there's some revelations here. I, for some reason, I really like the Wildstorm universe. I, I always have um, yep. when I got to it. And so there's sort of the, the Kara, the aliens are, are all sort of – a it's different than the other way, way but the aliens are all still around. And uh, it's going to start to become a thing. Um, it's been a very slow burn. I enjoyed it. That's my point. All right. Well, there you go. Those are the books we're going to talk about. If you go to, go to patreon.com slash ifanboy – there, if you sign up to become a patron of the show, you can vote every week to put a book into the rundown. And this week, it was another blowout. The patrons very much wanted us to read X-Men, The Wedding Special, number one, which is a lie. <clears throat> it's true. It was, it was a misnomer. There is no wedding in The Wedding Special. <laughs> uh, so here we have the run-up to Kitty Pride and Colossus's wedding. So we have three stories. One, the first one is basically a history of Kitty Pride. The second one is Colossus's bachelor party. The third one is Kitty Pride's bachelorette party. And uh, this was not good. Yeah, but that's what I was. Yeah, this was stupid. Yeah. Um, and and just for for reference, uh, I said, well, maybe that's just me. So I checked with uh, former host of the show, Ron Richards. And uh, I said, oh, I said, have you read this? And he said, no, because why would he need to read them immediately? Um, but what he said, I think, was uh, enlightening was I'm more focused on the actual wedding. 
So he okay. knew ahead of time that it was not about the wedding, and he knew not to give it too much credence. I thought you were going to get him in trouble for a second there. Um, it's, it's, he, his, his words are his own. So... <laughs> I just uh, I want to yeah. say I put that out there. I thought maybe I'm biased. Um, I will say this. I got to it. I thought the wedding special and I thought, am I going to have to read a lot of pages for this thing? And then I thought, oh, it's just the regular size pages. And then I got to the end of the Chris Claremont story at the end. I go, well, I guess he got most of the book. And I was like, oh, I'm only 10 pages in. Oh, no. <laughs> which is basically an accounting of everything that happened in Kitty Pride's life, which turns out I've read all of it because uh, nobody else used her other than these stories or that's all that he remembers. Basically, all of his stories, um, including Excalibur and then Astonishing X-Men on top of it. Why there was one somewhere in the middle. I don't think I read, but yeah. Why is she working in a bar? And why is she dressed in leather and spikes? I don't know. Um, there were a lot of panels. There were a lot of words. Um, it wasn't great. I get to the next thing. Boys Night Out. This is kind of interesting. Why are they dressed like men dressed when they went out during Swingers in the late 90s? Who, oh, it's Greg Land. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. They fight a demon. Uh, kind of pointless. Stripperoki. Last one was kind of interesting. It was the best looking of all of them, I thought. Um, yeah. I, I thought it had the best hook. Uh, I, I, I Throughout this whole thing, I just thought, these people aren't very much fun to us be going out. Like I, it was like... It was like a view of the story of a nerd going out where, like, like uh, Colossus was like, I don't want to do anything. And I was like, okay, I've seen that story a lot. So what makes it interesting? Are they fight a demon? Um, I didn't know who most of the characters were, who I was supposed to know who they were. And I right. know who the characters are, but I didn't know in the story. Uh, yeah, they didn't sense. do a good job of calling out who. I had to keep, I had to keep scrolling back to the title page that showed their faces. Um, and then even though they're, they're – so the guys in the middle story going out in Wong's – casino newly demonized from the dr strange story and even though wong is on the first page talking to the demon for basically firing him from his job when he showed up showed up at the end i thought it was professor xavier i did too for a second like, wait what and then i had the room by by the end it was like, oh this is wong by the way the most interesting part of the entire book was the conversation between uh wong and the demon uh in the hr meeting easily <laughs> easily yeah, this was sort of like a teaser for other comps. Like at the end of that story, is like, go follow them in X-Men Gold number 26. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and then you turn the page to the, on the last story, and there's a cover shot uh, for X-Men Gold 30. The wedding is almost here. It's, th- it's three issues away now. A couple of weddings coming up. Gotta so, say, Batman seems to be overtaking this one in terms of relevance. Great cover, though, for that wedding uh, shot. With, is that uh, Noto? That's Phil Noto, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely Noto. So I just thought this was pointless. Um, I hate. I always hate when people call comic cash grabs because they're all cash grabs. Right. But this just felt like it was. There was no point to this. Well, I'm. Glad I, I, it didn't. It didn't. You didn't learn anything with these characters that yeah. you didn't know before the comic. You didn't. Their their wedding took no new relevance to it. You didn't feel anything more. Well, I should be more excited about the wedding. I should be apprehensive. But I didn't feel anything about the wedding. It was just. Here's a history of Kitty Pride. Here's a here's an awkward bachelor party. Here's an awkward bachelor party. That was it. Listen, I tried. I, we gave it a shot. Let's do ratings. Ratings. Out of five, I'm going to give it a two. Two and a half. We don't need. To, there's no sticking with it. There's no more. No, but but I think we know where we land on that. 
Also, patreon.com slash ifanboy, you can go there and you can give it the $5 or higher level and you can get your own dumb superpower live on the show Ooh. as a way of thanks. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first. I got Alan Shipley. Nothing can wake Alan when he's asleep, and while he's asleep, he is also invulnerable. So it, so guarantees, it guarantees that he gets a good night of sleep every night. Well, he wakes up on his own, though. Yeah. Like, an alarm clock won't wake him up. He has to let his own internal sort of, That's I'm, the hel- real, I'm, I'm, I'm well rested now, I'm going to wake. That's the healthiest way to do it. Sure, but man, that's, that's dicey. Listen, it turns out, though, that while he's, I think, I think eventually you're going to have to be pretty good at making yourself not stay up too late and you get, you get to bed at the right time. Man, that guy gets to work, though, and everyone's like, man, he's on point. He's healthy. For sure. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a glow to his skin and he looks younger, but like, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably missed a bunch of flights. He's not doing that thing. Well, you know, you got you to gotta work around it. He's not doing that thing where um, he, he's got that feeling behind his eyes that we talked about earlier. <laughs> he, can, he sleeps with the uh, he can sleep with the windows open so he doesn't have to worry about that first light thing. So he doesn't even know what you're talking about. You yeah. Know, him, hey, Alan, you know that feeling you get when you're tired? No. What is that? What do you mean, too tired? Yeah, I just know. What it's, is oh, it's, tired? It's time to go to bed, restfully. Yep, Alan, I th- I mean, you could say that there's problems to it, but I think Alan is to be uh, envied. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, Stephen Piper. Piper? Piper. 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 His power is he can defrost any window with just a touch. Ooh. Just tap and it's defrosted. He cannot frost, but he can defrost. I like that because I know that that's not an issue you are dealing with. Right. And so it really, really had to think about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's nice. Uh, ben Clifford <laughs> can, can make uh, little angels and devils appear on other people's shoulders. <laughs> that only they can see. You can't see them or hear them. Just the person who's having them. But like, if he looks over at somebody and it looks like they're trying to make a decision, he sort of twiddles his fingers at them, and then that person has an angel devil shoulder moment. That's really fucking awesome. And I think you just blew a, a great comic idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. I think that's a great. That's a great short story. <laughs> well, I've got it copyrighted here, so. <laughs> Uh, Peter Ongena, Ongena, uh, Peter can defrost food with just a touch. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the first time I'm going to have to reject one. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a big deal. Think about it. You no, go, it's oh, true. Man, I, it's more I relevant than the, the last food one. out this morning. It's happened to me. It's happened to you. It's happened to listeners happened everywhere. happened to me yesterday. You got, you were, you're planning on making chicken. Bought- you're going to take the food out in the morning before you went to work. You know what you, I did? Halfway through the day, you're like, oh, shit, I left the chicken in the freezer. Pete would just go, not a problem. And he would put, lay hands on said chicken, and it would be ready to cook. You don't get that weird, like, semi-cooking that you get in the microwave defrost. Right. Or... Oh, it's terrible. You know what I have, which is really awesome? I have a grill pan that I bought. Okay. It's like a, uh, it's like a, um, like a cast, cast iron. iron. Yeah, I have one. a cast iron grill pan that I bought when... I didn't have a grill, and it's shitty as a grill. It's awful, and it's terrible as that. The other side of it is smooth, though. It's like a griddle, and I have an electric stove now, so I can't use it on there for anything. But if you put food on the flat side, it defrosts everything really quick and well. And it, just 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 lay it on the out yeah. on the like not on the heat or anything. No, just put frozen meat on it, and it defrosts like 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 a couple of pieces of chicken a lot faster than just leaving them out. 
Interesting. It's incredibly useful. I I have one of those. I use it all the time. So like you're down to an hour instead of all day or something like that. The other thing you can do, if it's wrapped well, you can put it inside in cold water and then it will like if you submerge it in cold water, you frost it. But Pete doesn't have those problems. No, Pete's Pete's Pete lives in a world of wonder and and yeah, I'm gonna accept this. What Pete can do is buy, you know, or freeze a ton of meat. And just be like, I'll have that one today. Yeah, that's nice. And so it's, and he doesn't have the danger of it. Like, boy, did that sit out too long? Right. Which is a thing. Perfect, perfect cooking temperature. So the the chicken is room temperature. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go and support the show and get your own dumb superpower. And also vote for the patron pick every week. Thanks for doing that. As we mentioned before, the patron pledge drive is happening organically over at Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Add in the patron private Facebook group and... Uh, it's, we're still moving up, actually. That was nice to see we that we're still taking up. I have I had an opportunity um, for a really interesting all media show that came up this week. That's that would involve an author uh, of a book. It was like, hey, you know, we could do a show about that, and I was like, I have no place to put that right now. That's too bad. That's that's our next stretch goal of monthly <laughs> all media podcast, which is about three hundred dollars away. So if you ever thought about supporting the show. Just get you and 300 of your buddies support throwing a dollar. Or if you want your patron power, get you and 20 of your buddies. Mm-hmm. I had to do really embarrassing math there real quick just to make sure. That's pretty good. And uh, there you go. And then, you, then Josh could do that show. Yep. I've, it's all set. And then, of course, there's the almost famous show that we're – That's I mean, where we – I think we'd have to kick it off with that. Yeah. I mean I also think that that could cause the breakup of the show. That's true also. Very I really, I'm really confused by your opinions on this. but Well, I mean you'll never know. Move. I'm I'm really tempted just to start screaming fever dog at you all the time. Don't. Uh, so also, go to fanboy.threadless.com where we've got seven shirt designs. The fanboy logo shirt, the Herm shirt, the Pick of the Week podcast shirt, the rating shirt, the if one is electro shirt, the GDAT shirt, the nothing makes sense, nothing matters shirt. And Ooh. you can also get all those designs on mugs. Somebody tweeted out a picture of a nothing makes sense, nothing matters mug. We got a couple of pictures of nothing makes sense, nothing matters bath mats. And I think... I think we're going to hold on seven for a bit, uh, for design-wise. I think we, so we I think we got a bit of a hit on our hands. I mean, a very modest hit. But the thing is, like, you know, we don't want to throw one out just to throw one out. We want it to be a, a good a good idea that we like. So the next time we come up with a good idea, which we're we're actively always thinking about, sure, we'll we'll do that. But I think for now, seven is a good number. Yep, it's a lucky number. It's nice. So it was the mix number. <laughs> so. Check those out at fabbythreadless.com. Fabbythreadless.com slash support. That's where you can help us out via PayPal directly if you don't want to become a patron or you want to buy any merchandise, which is totally understandable. Fabbythreadless.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find links to buy the books we talk about in the Booksplode, including uh, we'll be soon find a link for the upcoming Booksplode subject, New Avengers Breakout. Breakout. And also a general link to your general Amazon shopping. Fabbythreadless.com slash Amazon slash support. Fabbythreadless.com and patreon.com slash Fabbythreadless. Thank you, everyone. Who helps us out? I'm telling you, I'm two issues into that, and I was like, "Oh, we got a show." <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was like, "I can talk about this. I can talk about this. I can." Talk. It's like a t- it's 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 gonna, it's gonna be a good show. It's a wealth. I can. It's totally. It's gonna. It's gonna run long. It's gonna be a good show. I'm looking forward to it. Zach writes in and says, "Which do you prefer, the Who's Who in the DC Universe flat cutaways or the official handbook of the Marvel Universe isometric ones?" And I, I like that, Zach. Assumed that without context we would know what he's talking about, mm-hmm. and we did. Yeah, but it's just always a there's always a risk, and so what Zach is referring to is in, in the old days of comicdom in your Who's Who in the DC Universe, which was the Who's Who guide where we'd get character profiles as well as the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, which was the Marvel's version. You would occasionally get 
cutaways of equipment or bases or, th- or things that are not people. And they had different styles. Marvel's was more three-dimensional. You had these sort of angled cutaways showing all the different uh, circuitry and, and things that was inside something. And whereas DC's was sort of a flat, here's a slice, here's the base sliced in half. You can see all the flo- floors and where Batman keeps his stuff. And That's which what is everyone pre- wants to know. Yeah. Now, I feel like your answer to this is going to be very dependent on what you knew and therefore liked first. Okay. I, I, I remember discovering the Marvel official Marvel handbook when I was, what, like 11 or 12 or something like that. And I instantly just bought one. I didn't even realize that it was like volume X through Z. I think that's what it was because Wolverine was on the cover. And I just was like, I want to read this. I did, yeah. It did not occur to me that there were many, many other volumes of it. It was just I'm gonna I'm gonna pour through this. I'm gonna read every single thing in it, which I did multiple times. Never bought another volume, but <laughs> but um, there was a point too where they came out in issue forms. And I bought all those and I read all those. Right. Um, around did you that you, same time. you were probably well out of it by the time the binders came around. Yeah, this would have been late '80s. So there was an update. There was the original handbook to the Marvel Universe, which existed in trade form, which people might not know. That was not. That was not normal. There were not a lot of trades. There was there was um, the Phoenix Saga, and there was uh, a couple of Batman trades, you know, and they were few and far between. But there was a whole set of the the um, handbook, of the Marvel Universe. But they did an update, um, basically in issue form. I never read the Who's Who ones. I, I you'd mentioned them, but I never. Yeah. Well, in the nineties, they went to book. They they both. I don't know who did it first, but created binder binder forms of these, so you could have giant binders. Um, Marvel's was regular size. I believe DC's were oversized. But anyway, I had I had both um, of those. I had somewhere is, is still my giant gray binder of the Husu ones. Anyway, I feel like that. Well, we used them for a show famously. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I both famously. What a dipshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I I I I really liked I really liked the way the Marvel ones were set up. In that you would get. Um, it was like, who are they? What's their real name? And then what's yeah, their power specifically, class? Specifically, this is the, the, yeah. the cutouts we're talking about. Yeah, so no, we're I, rearing I, off topic here. That's I, I know. I'm past that. I don't care about that part. Okay. I just wanted to talk about this thing that I really liked. Um, sure. But I, sure. I, but to this day, I still relate everything. We talked about this on the, on the uh, Infinity War podcast. I relate everything to the strength levels that I read about at those times. Right. Because it's imprinted on your brain. Yes. Absolutely. It's like calling the bridge the Triborough and not the Robert Kennedy Bridge. But just in general, the the, the I'm looking at stuff from the Who's Who one, and, and I don't have to look up the Marvel one because I know exactly what it looks like, and I liked the more uniform format of the Marvel one better. Right. Marvel one was like rigid in its form, which is funny because – uh, you know, the personality of the company is not that. It's That's what DC gets knocked for. Yep. Whereas DC did it as sort of like pinup pictures and Marvel did very rigid front view, side view, back view of each character. And like uh, the art the art was all standardized and normalized. Yeah. There wasn't like – occasionally they would be like, this is a Sienkiewicz drawing they put in here. That's weird. But uh, cutaway-wise, I think they both sort of – they're both really similar and they both speak to different aspects of nerdery. I think the Marvel one is super nerdy because what it would do is, like, for instance, I'm just looking at one right here online. It's the cutout of the Ant-Man helmet. And it's like a full circuitry drawing of all the stuff in there. Here's where the sonic insulation is. Here's where this visor stop is. Here's where the cybernetic inducers are. Here's That's where the great. 
low density padding, high density padding. Here's where the frequency shift devices are. Here's where the audio frequency shift circuits and amplifier. Like, no one needs to know that, but that's I what they did, it. and that's what they did it for all that stuff. And that was like the super nerdy part of it. Whereas DCs is very much about here's what the layout of the Batcave is. Here's where Batman keeps his costumes. Here's where he keeps his cars. Here's where he keeps his supplies. Like it was all that kind of thing. So it's Giant a very penny storage. Yeah, I mean, also the 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 penny washing, you know, the shine equipment. So. It was all spoke to the very nerdy part of being a comic reader, which is in, in itself a very nerdy thing. Which to for do. us came along at the right time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Should we do one more email? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm looking at cutaways of from the thing, so sorry. Um, the last email would be from Travis. He said he's been listening to the podcast every single one since 2011, which doesn't seem like it should be that long ago, but apparently it was seven years ago. Oh, uh, the beginning of the New 52. Yes, the New 52 got me back into comics after a 20-year hiatus. As much as you guys didn't like the New 52, I enjoyed quite a few runs. Batman, Batman and Robin, Animal Man, Swamp Thing, Justice League, Wonder Woman with Azarello and Chang, John's Aquaman, but I get it. It could have been better. So I currently started Rebirth. So I currently started... Rebirth, and I'm loving it. I'm listening to your podcast when Rebirth started uh, uh, in in May of 2016. What does that mean? We'll get to that as part of the answer. Okay. I can't believe you guys still dump on DC. I recently re-listened to an episode where Aquaman number one was pick of the week, and you guys said some nice things, and then I noticed for every nice thing you said, you countered it with a negative. It's called criticism. And now, yeah. for some reason, Marvel always gets a pass. What the fuck? You're not. Uh, one, did you enjoy Rebirth the further along it goes? Two, to me, it seems that you hold DC at a, to a much higher level than Marvel. Would you agree to this? I love your show, but and I can relate to, <clears throat> and I'm about the same age as I, so I can relate to you guys. But you guys nitpick the shit out of DC from Travis, a real DC fanboy. Sorry, Connor, you're out as the DC guy. I've been thinking about this since 2011. So, first of all, Rebirth isn't like a thing. I don't even remember where the lines are. I mean, the, we had those rebirth books yeah. that came out after, after uh, DC. Uh, I guess it was um, DC Rebirth in if in May of 2016, so two years ago. But it wasn't like a line wide reboot or anything. We're not living in rebirth right now. It just that was just sort of their way to sort of clean the slate a little bit, change the creative teams up. But it wasn't like things books really changed all that much. Some books did, but not many. Um, so I wouldn't consider this like rebirth as a, like a new 52 types start over. So if someone says to me, are you enjoying rebirth? Rebirth isn't a thing to enjoy because it's not a thing that exists. Um, now, you know, we've been doing our fanboy for 18 years Yep. and the show for 13 years. Yep. And one Almost. thing we've learned, one truism is uh, you can never love something enough for someone who really loves something. Well, it, right there at the end, the signature of the name is Travis, the real DC fanboy. So right away, your bias is there and your radar is going to be attuned differently. Yep. Um, and, and we all have that also. Um, but we will uh, – Travis, you might be shocked, shocked to learn that we get this same email about Marvel. Yeah. Not a couple times. We've gotten this email a lot of times from people about Marvel. And we've gotten it a lot of times from people about DC. And most of the time we look at it sort of like, really? Because um, you're hearing what you're hearing. Now, there was a thing that I think was interesting. Um, where you said it seems that we hold DC to a much higher level than Marvel. And I think there might be something to that. 
Well, hold on. Before you get okay. deep into that, just just to just to level set. Well, I'll talk about 2016 because that's what he's referring to here. Right. Uh, numbers wise, 2016 out of all of our picks, uh, 16 were DC and 15 were Marvel. So it was pretty evenly split. Sure. Um, we didn't dump on it. criticism. And then I'll set. Oh, hold on. So 2017, I think it's like two to one DC to Marvel mm-hmm. picks. It's. Marvel's yeah. been in a bad spot for the last couple of years. We've been, we've made no bones about saying that. None. Uh, we, we've, been, we've been much harder on Marvel than we've been on DC, uh, I think, the last three years or so. I, I, I think that th- there's a couple of things going on. Like, they both have a f- feeling that is, it is not, it's not an objective thing. But, like, Marvel, I think of in a certain way, and I think you do too. We don't necessarily think of them the same way, but, like, Marvel, Marvel should feel kind of like this. And DC should feel, feel kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when Marvel plays a little looser, um, it it feels like they're doing what they're supposed to. And when DC plays a little looser, sometimes it's odd. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, but I think I think it's what really I would hard say to define. So is that uh, DC changed their core principles in a way after Nifty Two? Yes. And they've been slowly introducing them back. And that was part of what the whole quote-unquote Reaver thing was. It was the Jeff John saying, we've lost – some of these characters have lost their core principle. Like what that whole – we talked about it before, the whole one, what's one word to describe this character yes. situation he had. They got away from that. So that was, that was something we criticized. And, and Marvel's problem was they, they got rid of all of our favorite characters at the same time. And that was part of our problem with it. And also people like Hawkeye, Josh, their character were changed irrevocably. So there's always things to criticize. And when you have a discussion show like this in which you live in the nuanced gray area, mm-hmm. you're going to have as many criticisms as you are going to have uh, things to praise, especially when you're dealing with people with different personalities and different tastes. We're not a monolithic uh, hive mind here. If I like something, Josh may not and, and vice versa. That's very true. Or, or Ron or Paul or, whoever, or Ryan or whoever's on the show with us. And uh, so, yeah, if I like something in Aquaman, but Josh doesn't, doesn't mean we're dumping on DC. It just means we have different tastes and different things we're looking for, different things we want in a comic reading experience. Um, but again, I think it comes down to the fact, that, as you said earlier in the beginning, if we get we get these emails from DC people, from Marvel people, from if we don't like a thing as much as I and mean, in hell it happens with the movies too. Yeah, if we don't like a thing as much as you like it, you feel like we don't like the thing, but it's not true. We got <laughs> we had someone who told us we didn't love Wonder Woman enough. <laughs> We got a very angry email about how we didn't love, or it was, a, it was a comment on the show, we didn't love Wonder Woman enough for him, even though we both, we all gave it like 4.5 out of 5 stars. So you just, you just, all we can do is say how we feel about things, and we're not saying how you feel about them. And it's interesting because it, there's, uh, every nice thing is countered by a negative, and to me I'm like, that sounds like excellent criticism. <laughs> like, this part was really good, this part could have been better, because I don't, there's not much use in a criticism that comes across as, this was all awesome. Right, because there's no which occasionally happens, that. but that's rare, that's rare. But I don't want to do. That. I feel like I failed when I do that. And that's why whenever we do a show on a movie, for example, is always what did you like, what did you didn't, what did you not like, and people take that as if you say something you didn't like, then all of a sudden the whole thing is bad, and it doesn't work that way. Um, yeah, we had, we had someone someone just said recently that how much we were bagging on Infinity War. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 literal insanity. But again, because we said what didn't work for the in this movie, because some things didn't work. Not every, not everything's and nothing's hardly anything's perfect. Uh, and it's looked upon as hate, even though it, it just it's a this is the critic game. This is the podcasting game. We're in it. 
That's just how it goes. And also just to, to keep it interesting for us. Like it's a, it's, there's an, there's an academic exercise. It isn't just about us picking out things that we don't like. It's also about making, not making, but you know, talking to you guys, talking to listeners, increasing that conversation. Like, well, here's something that maybe you didn't think of. Now you might not agree with it, but it's food for thought. And that's the point of what we're doing here. We're not really here to be like, this is good. This is bad. And swing judgment on something. It's to understand. Yeah. We're not coming down from the mountain with tablets saying these are the, these are the way comics are. These are the good ones and the bad ones. It's more of a, sometimes we're having a discussion to figure out how we feel. And hopefully a, you're entertained. That's the most important thing. And B, you think of something you maybe didn't think of, or you find something you didn't think of, or you discover something new, but we're not here to or pass judgment. Adjust uh, the way that you think about it, really, yeah. and, and, and just reevaluate. Because when you do that, at the end of the day, it's not a method to find a way to like something less. It's a method to understand what you like more so that you can appreciate that. The way that I look at comic books now, after 18 years of doing this and 13 years of talking about it, is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly different than it was earlier. And I appreciate the things I like about comics so much more. When we were talking about Scott Godlewski's storytelling, we did not have the ability to do that early on. Mm-hmm. And, right. and to just look at it instantly and be like, look what he's doing here. This is great. And that, to me, is a much more profound enjoyment of the things. And we are hoping to share that because I love that feeling. Yeah. There. So, can I just, there you go. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just, it, yeah. One more bit on the Marvel DC thing. I think there's a general, I'm going to make a generality. This is not always true. I tend to find that I enjoy DC books more that are at the top of their line when they're really good. And when they're not, I'm disappointed. So if your Batman, your Superman, your Green Lantern aren't great, then I'm not really feeling like I'm down with DC so much. Um, right now, I think Batman and Superman are in a really good place, and it's interesting. Um, right. I don't expect a lot out of DC um, low-tier books because they're usually not very interesting. I have the opposite effect with Marvel. I go to Marvel now to see the stuff that they're doing on their fringes because I think that's where the interesting stuff lives for Marvel. Yeah, and it's just – it's. <laughs> You know, it is what it is. Yes. We, we, we can only talk about what we, what we, how we feel. That's so, true. Thanks. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Zach, for writing in. Contact at ifanboy.com is where you can write in and get in the show. You can also send us an audio file if you want to send us a newfangled voicemail. There's no way that anyone has a device that they could do something like that with, though. <laughs> Let's talk about upcoming or shows or previous shows or shows living in the halo around the show. Yeah, I want to go ahead and make sure that people make go back and listen to the Talksplode episode I did with Donny Cates uh, prior to that Venom issue coming out. They sold a lot of copies of that comic book. So clearly our tastes aren't really that important. We didn't bag it. I think we we're just like, I don't, I don't know. I yeah, don't get it. A hell, a hell of a lot. Listen, Venom is a popular character. I totally get it. Totally get it. Not, <laughs> yeah, not, and it, not my thing. Not and my it worked. Thing. Um, and, you know, it was a fine book. So, But also, like, I just really like talking to Donnie um, and, and his story. It was, it was super interesting to me. Um, and then uh, coming up, we were, we've been teasing it, but it's true. The Booksplode on uh, New Avengers Volume 1 Breakout, which is the first six issues of New Avengers from, I think, 2006 or 2007, um, uh, will be out next – yes, this week. Sorry. This week. Um, Connor, there's special editions of plenty. Yes, yeah, so previous on the feed, you can find Batman Ninja, the animated series discussion with the animated brain trust discussed the uh, a- anime version of Batman that came out recently. And then right behind this show on the feed, you can find the Deadpool 2 special edition show. And then next week, after Booksplode, there'll be a solo podcast. So there's a lot of <sighs> special edition shows in these, in these two weeks. You got a Booksplode. You got a, a Deadpool show. You got a solo Star Wars story show. You can go back and find a Batman Ninja show and a Donnie Cates show. There's a lot of extra shows this month. 
And some of those shows were unlocked by the patrons. So thank you, everyone, for contributing and adding new content to the world. We answered that question for way too long. Head over to iFanboy.com. Find all of our podcasts. You can find out what the pick of the week is before by social media, either on Facebook.com slash iFanboy or at iFanboy on Twitter. You can follow us individually uh, at Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and uh, C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram uh, are the places for that. And if you like the show, please leave a review or a star rating even if you just have a second to click that helps people find podcasts, not just this show, any podcast you listen to. It's really one of the best ways you can help to support the show is to let people know about it and uh, help people find it on your iTunes or your any – whatever search aggregator you use. The more ratings and the, and the more reviews, the better. So thank you, everyone, who does that, helping spread the iFanboy word around the globe. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. See you next week. See you next week. Probably be the last to know No one says until it shows See how it is They want you or they don't Say yeah I'm in love with the world Through the eyes of the girl Who's still around the moon